isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times there would just be mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron, right? And things like that. So. Who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like <laughs> Well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it, like, would be the ultimate, like, cash cow. Yeah. It would be perfect. Now, you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal. But no. The pharmaceutical industry, as Walker puts it, is, quote, a revolving door for all government officials, unquote. Okay. A revolving door for all government officials? Wow. Yeah, for any industry, though. So, like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who, like, you know, review our drugs, especially yeah. they come work for pharma companies. Like, the military, like, all the, like, army and defense, like, government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad? There was an excellent article by Geert Vandenbosch um, called The Last Post. And yeah, I can't read it right now. I, I just, it would take up the rest of the time. Um, look, it up, look it up on Twitter. The Last Post. It's, it's Geert Vandenbosch, B-O-S-S-C-H-E dot org. Uh, it's on the blog, the, the last post. It is one of the most soberly written, clear, understandable, from a globally recognized uh, vaccine virus epidemiologist type person, but who isn't, well, let's just be honest, um, on the take, because <laughs> there are a lot that are on the take. Um. It is soberly written, well-documented, and I'll want to, on Thursday, take time to read a couple of paragraphs because basically the final conclusion of it is we are setting ourselves up for a tremendous um, problem, a tremendous amount of mortality. We are specifically making it so that COVID will kill far more people than it ever, 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 ever had to. And I think we probably have already done that. Vax-onlyism is novel, new, and foolish in the extreme. The utilization of narrow vaccines, genetic vaccines, is producing the very variants that will now make those vaccines irrelevant. If we try to continue vaccine-onlyism, we will always be two steps behind. We will always be pushing the epidemic wave ahead of us and we'll never get out of it. The way out is clear. The way out has been known from the start, but the way out would not have made hundreds of billions of dollars for big pharma and big tech. Mentioned on this program, something called ADE. Okay. And I explained briefly what it was, what the concerns of what scientists were saying, that the vaccines that were being developed at that time 
because they rolled out in December, basically, um, utilized a, a, a mechanism that had been abandoned a number of times because once they got into animal studies, had caused mortality. And one of the issues that people were concerned about is something called ADE. It's, it's, it's when your antibodies... Uh, when you artificially create them, but don't use the natural system to bring them about, they can not be as uh, robust as they should be. And what happens is a new strain of the disease comes along. Your body thinks you've already got the antibodies to it, and hence you are rendered uh, either more susceptible or defenseless in the worst case scenarios against the new variants because your body thinks it's already ready for that and it's not. And so it doesn't create the proper immune response when you encounter a new variant, which we would naturally have if we had natural immunity from exposure or from the old style inoculations and vaccines. So, I, I mentioned this, and of course, all the folks with the tinfoil hats, conspiracy theory stuff, are immediate, man, it was just so, such a shame when James White used to just talk theology, and now he's talking uh, wild, crazy conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And, and I, it was a part of having a meaningful foundation for analyzing whether you should take these vaccines is you need to know what the dangers are. And these folks ain't going to tell you. When you look, there were 52 new billionaires created during 2020. And guess which area had the most of them? Big pharma and medical. Hundreds and hundreds if, of billions, if not a trillion dollars has gone into that field worldwide. You don't think that that kind of money is not causing a tremendous amount of suppression of meaningful data? The FDA just approved the Pfizer vaccine without any public comment? Really? Because they have no response to these things. And everybody knows it. I mean, I certainly can recognize when someone's running from a <laughs> running from an argument um, but here is a, this is from the Journal of Infection. Now, you know, that's a real medical journal because no one else would name it Journal of Infection. <laughs> if you, only, only those really geeky people are going to subscribe to the Journal of Infection. Your wife isn't, your wife's not going to allow that on the kitchen table. You know what I mean? Your, your wife might allow the Journal of Infection on the kitchen table? Okay, fine. I'm not going to say anything more about that. Um, this is from... Okay, here's the title. Infection Enhancing Anti-SARS-CoVID-2 Antibodies Recognize Both the Original Wuhan D614G Strain and Delta Variants A Potential Risk for Mass Vaccination? Here's the highlights. This is the highlights before the abstract. Infection-enhancing antibodies 
have been detected in... Oh, why didn't you not... Okay, let's see if we can... There we go. Infection-enhancing antibodies have been detected in symptomatic COVID-19. Antibody-dependent enhancement, parentheses, A-D-E, parentheses closed, is a potential concern for vaccines. That's what I said in November of last year. And that's why I'm asking, why aren't you sending all the apology emails through? Because there must be, everybody who went after me must be apologizing now, right? So you apparently have forgotten what you said at the very beginning of the show uh, about people digging <laughs> the hole deeper and deeper and they don't realize they're stuck in it. Yeah. 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 No, no, yeah, no, well. no, no apology tours happening over here. No, <laughs> no apology letters, huh? Um, okay. Um, enhancing antibodies recognize both the Wuhan strain and Delta variants. ADE of Delta variants is a potential risk for current vaccines. Vaccine formulations lacking ADB epitope are suggested. This is the paper. Okay? So, what you could get kicked off of social media for misinformation for over a year ago is now the stuff of the introduction and highlights of medical papers today. I had no control over that. But what it means is the people who raised these questions were raising absolutely valid issues. And what was the response? Kick them out, fire them, censor them, suppress them. And for some people in this audience, you people just don't know what you're talking about. So my question is, how many of those people's lives, families, jobs, careers got ruined before the rest of them decided to wake up and actually pay attention? Well, um, I'm not sure it's possible to wake up right now, certainly not in Australia, uh, which has just simply become a police state and has capitulated on all levels of freedom. I'm sorry. What a, what a shame. Um, but... Man, the Aussies and the news and the Kiwis—they're just like whatever our government says, we will do. Um, so, a bunch of this stuff is coming out. So, for example, uh, the Children's Health Defense uh, website links to a um, this is uh, the papers linked here in the in the article study. Fully vaccinated healthcare workers carry 251 times viral load, pose threat to unvaccinated patients' coworkers. So, if you want to know why the masks all started, started coming back, it's because it has been demonstrated beyond all question now in multiple studies that the Delta variant. Um, in vaccinated people produces minimally 250, I've seen over 300 times the viral load in the nose of fully vaccinated people. Now, what's funny is, why don't they, I don't, don't know why, but 
why don't they talk about unvaccinated people? Because it sounds as I'm reading it, I could be wrong, but it sounds as I'm reading it that it doesn't produce the same viral load in unvaccinated people. You know what that means, don't you? Um, here, let me... Um, yeah, here. So this is from the Oxford University Clinical Research Group, uh, published August 10th in Lancet. Uh, the study found vaccinated individuals carry 251 times the load of COVID-19 viruses in their nostrils compared to the unvaccinated. While moderating, while moderating the symptoms of infection, the jab allows vaccinated individuals to carry unusually high viral loads without becoming ill at first, potentially transforming them into pre-symptomatic super spreaders. This phenomenon may be the source of the shocking post-vaccination surges in heavily vaccinated populations globally. Yeah, so all like that one little uh, Caribbean country and then now Israel, super spikes. They're the most vaccinated places on the planet. Super spikes of cases. And all we can, all they can tell us is, yeah, well, you, you don't get quite as sick. Oh, I don't remember that being the big selling point of vaccines only a matter of days ago. I do remember reporters going, so if I get vaccinated, then I, I'm not going to be able to pass this on to my loved ones, right? And now it's, no, actually, it'll make you a super spreader. <laughs> so, so that doctor up in Idaho, who again, you know, people are like, well, I, I saw a fact check article about him. Well, there's a fact check article about everybody that's not part of the narrative. But I love the way he put it because it makes such perfect sense. We are now force vaccinating everyone. Like if you work for Delta, $200 a month, allegedly for medical costs because you're not vaccinated. Baloney. That is pure bullying on the part of Delta. Delta, shame on you. Mark them down because the, the truth's going to come out eventually. And you're going to see the people that were behind this and the people that cooperated and the cowards that gave in. Mark them down. Fire them. Get rid of them. But here, here you have other studies. I've got them right here. Saying that in less than 50-year-olds, the current vaccines have dropped to as low as 31% efficacy. You're going to force that on people? As the doctor in Idaho put it, we are vaccinating everyone for last year's disease. He's right. He's right. And here's the question. What about the next variant? Because there's, a, I also have an article here that says that they've, some enterprising researchers started looking at samples from the earliest COVID-19 survivors and have clear evidence that they carried within them genetically modified by human beings viruses. 
that it's it's like you it's like a little flag sticking up going hi i was made by humans what if there's what if the next variant that comes down the road at the end of this year has already been designed knowing what the first one would produce and it will absolutely press the mega ADE button. What's going on right now? Right now, this very day. Our Department of Defense is demanding that everyone in the military get a vaccine that for them will be less than 31% effective. will make them super spreaders. The entirety of the military. What if the next variant is just waiting to be released that goes full on ADE and wipes out the U.S. military? Gee, where could that have come from? Oh, conspiracies! I've been right all along. It's just common sense. It's just like sit back, take Romans 1, and mix in a trillion dollars. And what will people be willing to do? What are people willing to do? I mean, look at the lies about masks right now. <laughs> Just here's another one. Here's another one. Um, I saw an advertisement. I've got a study right here. The, the, the study, uh, new study claims masks only 10% effective. Okay. When was it? June of last year? I'm going, hey, wait a minute. There's all these studies from 2003. 14 to 2019 and they're all pretty much saying the same thing this is a big fat lie you conspiracy theorist you're trying to kill grandma blah 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 blah. we're gonna kick you off this whole so i'm so here's a paper from august of this year says the same thing anthony fauci's emails come out anthony fauci knows this to be true too (laughs) but he only tells that to his friends not publicly um, which is despicable, by the way. It's absolutely evil. Just despicable. A despicable human being to do that kind of thing. Just blah. Um, but now, I'm just sitting here. I think it was on Facebook? I don't know. An advertisement came up. Can't get away from them anymore. Somebody, by the way, recently sold my phone number again. I had 11 yesterday. I've got 8 so far today. Uh, uh, spam calls. So... I need to look back and see what I bought online and go, oh, there's a company that just put it back out there. Here's an active thing and ding, ding, ding. So it's an ad- advertisement from, I was it 3M? It was 3M. For a truly effective biological mask, even more so than N95, which I'm sure what that means is, because this is just simply physics. The more it filters the less you breathe. The more it filters, the less oxygen you get and the more carbon dioxide you've got in your bloodstream. That's just the way it is. But in the text of the advertisement, it says, regular cotton face masks only filter about 10% of biological products. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff we were getting in trouble for, for saying last summer, you anti-maskers, you're, you're doing misinformation. And now 3M can advertise with that, and they're not being 
kicked off the internet for doing that because actually everyone knew that that was true all along. That's why they talked about double masking and triple masking. But if you triple mask, you're up to 30% and you're probably about to die. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, live not according to the lies. Live not according to lies. But we are. And uh, in Washington State, it's that horrible little picture. Ugh. My daughter retweeted it. Or was that on Facebook? I think it was both. Where up in Minnesota, it's a picture of them teaching the little kids um, to walk like zombies. Um, in the in the hallways with their hands out to keep other little kids social distance from them. So that's how you're supposed to, with your little face shields and your masks. And yes, sir. I saw that you have raised have raised the the golden microphone of <sighs> French superiority. So you uh, were walking by my desk the other day while I was on the phone, and that phone call was a gentleman, a very nice gentleman, very respectful gentleman who was identified himself as a medical doctor and he was raising concerns about the fact that you retweeted this this other doctor. Oh, the guy in Idaho? Right. And in the conversation cuz I I'm like, okay, let's you and I have a conversation here. Let's let's talk about some things I've been talking about for well over a year. <clears throat> and I asked him, I said, "Do you know what someone looks like after using a paint sprayer wearing an N95 mask?" And he wasn't quite tracking with me. I said, as soon as I take it off, you can see where all of the water molecules went. How they penetrated the mask, how they're up your nose, how they're in your mouth. That's when the conversation started going towards, well, you know, they, it at least slows things down. And then eventually it was, well, they're at least 10% effective. I asked him, I said, doctor, <clears throat> would you walk into a room filled with carcinogens in the air wearing that mask and spend an hour in there? Right. Well, 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 no. So there's a reason why an automobile painter wears a nosh mask. First of all, it's just strapped super tight to his face. It's got rubber around it. It's got layers along with charcoal in it. No. All right. But nobody, nobody is out there talking about us using nosh masks. In fact, some people have done it, and they laugh. They laugh. Okay? Don't give them ideas. But the point here is, here's the simple question. If we were actually dealing with the Spanish flu, would they be playing these games? Because that's exactly what they're doing. Well, they did back then, but they didn't have anything else to do. But if we were looking at truly millions in this country... Like they said, this was going to be dead in a few months, millions dead per month. They wouldn't have the room to be playing these games because it would literally be a scenario where the guy in the cart comes by your house and says, bring out your dead. Yeah. And an N95 isn't going to survive that kind of thinking. So the whole mask thing Folks, you got to wake up and recognize it's all for show. There's submission. Well, it's like the little old lady who Wendy's used to say, where's the beef? There submission. ain't any. Pure submission, pure lies. No toys about it. 
Uh, and of course, as people say, what it does is it makes people think that they are protected by it when in fact they're not. Um, one last thing real quick. Um, another study. I had all these there's an explosion of studies over the weekend. Real world data from Israel linked Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine to an elevated risk of heart inflammation, researchers said this week. Israeli scientists found that vaccination likely caused myocarditis or heart inflammation in one to five people per 100,000 who wouldn't have otherwise suffered the condition. However, they also said that getting COVID-19 was linked to a higher risk with 11 inflammation events out of 100 attributed to the disease. Now, I'm not sure why. Okay, 11. Okay. Most of the heart inflammation cases po- post-vaccination were in young males. The 21 people who had myocarditis in the vaccinated group had a median age of 25 and 90.9% were women. So the argument here is... Yes, it does cause myocarditis, uh, but COVID is getting COVID is worse than getting the myocarditis, at least over a larger number of people. That's the argument now. Is that yeah, there's there's risks with these vaccines. So the question is, why does it cause myocarditis? Why then would you force the people who are in the least danger of COVID nineteen to run that risk? I don't know. But the idea is, well, yeah, okay, yeah, it, it it is out there. Well, why at first were they so averse to admitting it? Well, part of it has to do with, you know, now that Pfizer, now that the Pfizer one has been FDA approved, they're now having to find a way to backdoor immunity from uh, lawsuits. Because once something's licensed, then you can sue if you have negative results from it. So it's it's all money. It's all money. But there's an admission now. Well, yeah, it, it does cause that. But initially, everybody who said, hey, this is happening. Oh, no, conspiracy theory. Tin hats. No, actually, it was happening. Hey, this is... Israel's National Emergency Services and Ambulatory Services. He looked at all the data they had on calls for what's called acute coronary syndrome. And he came up with this chart after collating the data. And it's it's very interesting. So we have a highlight here. And for people just listening, you can see it's broken up into male and female and the age groups. So we have the age group of 16 to 19. What they did was they compared uh, 2019, January 1st to May 31st, 2019 to January 1st to May 31st, 2021. Okay. And what they found was the calls to this ambulatory service, emergency care for acute coronary syndrome in males 16 to 19 saw a 91.7% increase. Uh, males 20 to 29 saw a 31.1% increase. Then we go down to females 16 to 19 age group saw 140% increase. Their females 20 to 29% saw an 83.6% increase. So an incredible increase. Uh, I mean, every one of those values, we see uh, over 50% increase pretty much except for a couple. And so what he did was he forwarded this information urgently to the Ministry of Health in Israel twice and had no answer. Why is this important? Because acute coronary syndrome in the scientific literature, there's there's tons of scientific literature saying that that syndrome is almost identical to myocarditis, pericarditis, 
And it's very hard to determine the difference between the two because they they present with the same symptoms, lightheadedness, yeah. dizziness, fainting, uh, abnormal heartbeat, uh, breathing difficulties. So that that's setting up what we're going to go into. And now let's look at VARES. So we okay. have open VARES data here. And we have a little circle there and it says that's the vaccine adverse event reporting system this is for the covid vaccines we have over 5000 events reported for myocarditis and pericarditis wow. and now that brings us into asip the recent asip meeting met to talk about the the um the new pfizer's uh, vaccine that was approved they also talked about the boosters and they went over vares data for myocarditis and so just let's to be look clear, at a couple when slides. we talk about asip this is the advisory committee on immunization practices this is the com- Committee that the CDC refers to, they decide whether a vaccine is going to be added to the schedule or not, or if there's any um, writing to be done to warn people of things. All of that takes place. The ACIP makes recommendations. The CDC puts them out. This is the illustrious heroes on the ACIP voting uh, uh, committee. And so um, tell me about this conversation then, because this has been a big concern of ours. I've been seeing it all over social media. Uh, especially young men ending up in hospitals with swollen hearts, you know, and then, you know, you see a a social media post by the mother saying, and my son's not the only one in here, Uh, you know, 20, 30 different cases they're saying in hospitals. So this is obviously something that seems to be happening a lot more than it's being reported or spoken about. And so Israel's seeing it. What did ASIP admit to? Yeah, that's exactly right. So what ASIP did was they looked at those VARES reporting numbers and they have the first slide here. They looked at myocarditis or myocarditis with pericarditis. And the difference between that is that's just myocardium, pericardium. Those are just the layers of the the heart and inflammation. That's how far this, uh, you know, essentially the virus inflames the heart. And it says here, they looked at 2,574 reports. So uh, we looked at the open VARES. That's about only half of the reports that were reported to VARES. And that's as, uh, as of August 18th, what they looked at. And then the next slide, they compared it to background rates. Okay. So this is just the mRNA vaccination. So just Moderna and Pfizer. Now, keep in mind, Israel just had Pfizer because they they uh, made an exclusive right. deal with Pfizer to give that population give that to the population. So we have here, we're going to look at the red highlighted. So we have age groups 12 to 15. Cases of expected uh, cases of myopericarditis expected zero to three. They found twelve going across. That's in females going across uh, so, so in males. So they expected uh, zero to three, but there was twelve uh, in fact. So a huge jump over it, what was expected. Right, and that okay. and that's in females. Now males were being told uh, react a little. I guess stronger would be the word to this uh, heart inflammation after vaccination. So yeah. expected in twelve to fifteen year olds in the background weight was one to five. They had one hundred and seventeen. Now the numbers don't get any better as you go up in the age group. So sixteen to seventeen years old in males they expected zero to three. They had one hundred twenty one cases. Uh, males 18 to 24, they expected 1 to 11. They had 213, wow. so on and so forth. And you can see the only age groups that really, for males that didn't see an over background rate was uh, 50 and to 64 and 65 plus. So we have we have a, a, a it seems like a signal here, and this all against this was for the dose two by the way the second dose, and it was only a seven day window that they looked at. They call it a seven day risk period. So right. You know, there, there's opens up a lot of questions there, but this all, you know, paints a background uh, up against uh, the the okaying of the biological license or emergency use authorization for sure. for younger children, for uh, five to twelve year olds for for Pfizer. So that that's there was kind of a couple sub stories at the ASIP committee. That was one of them. 
The other big sub story was a booster shot. So they talked about the booster shots. And if you remember, uh, the booster shots for all was announced by the Biden administration around August 18th. And here's the headline. U.S. announces plan to offer boosters to all Americans starting in late September. Uh, And they said during that time, the additional doses will be available to people eight months after they receive their second dose. So doing a quick, uh, you know, a napkin calculation, people that receive their doses, the first round of people in the U.S., they'd be eligible for this by the beginning of August. So you know, right with this with this announcement, yes, right now as we're speaking, uh, it, with this announcement by the Biden administration, people just reading these headlines and saying, "Hey, eight months after after my second dose uh, boosters for all Americans, I'm a, I'm going to go to my local pharmacy and get this shot." So we have some issues that possibly there for for public messaging. So what they did, what what ASIP did is they didn't really they didn't really have any data whatsoever. They brought to the table. Are you concerned? that we may, I've say, made some fairly dramatic comments out there that when I look at ADE, when I look at the history of this vaccine uh, with the, all of the animal trials, and I say to everybody, all the animal trials, not some of them, all of them were seeing this issue. It was a big enough problem that we watched Dr. Peter Hotez go before the Congress early last year and say there's this problem with immune enhancement that I think is going to be very difficult to get around. Nobody seemed to care. We rushed into human trials. We rushed right out of those human trials to the population. And now we have very highly regarded experts that are very concerned about ADE, that we may be seeing the beginning of this high titers, high you know viral loads, a waning vaccine, which was always the concern. Everybody that's worried about ADE, even though they'll admit they don't really know what causes it, the big concern is if you have sort of a drop in your neutralizing antibodies and what remain or maybe disease-enhancing antibodies. Um, I've said I think that we may see one of the great human die-offs of all times because of this vaccine. Um, are you in? Are you of that opinion, or do you see it a different way? I I feel that we're on the verge of a genocide, and I don't I don't use that word lightly. I'm uh, my family was the victim of a genocide uh, in World War Two. Over forty of my relatives were shot or buried alive in a place called Babi Yar outside of Kiev. So I know what genocide is. I've, I grew up with stories about it. So I don't use that word lightly. Okay. And, what I, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm ridiculed for the rest of my life because if I'm right, and if the world experts are right, then what we're really looking at is a death rate, according to some opinions, of 90% of the vaccinated people. Now, do I think it's going to be 90%? You know what? Let's say it's only 10%. Yeah. So think about it. There are 2 billion people already vaccinated. Right. 10% of that is 200 million people. Yeah. That's not enough? It's huge. It's huge. I mean, as I said, that would be the largest human die-off that I know of. Do you know what the death rate would be if every single human being on the planet got COVID-19 and they were not treated? It would be less than 0.5%. That works out to be 35 million people. Horrific. I would never advocate for 35 million right. people to die. However, if they're treated properly, you can reduce that number by 85% to 5 million people. So assuming every single human being on the planet got COVID-19 and we treated the high-risk patients properly, we would have 5 million dead people out of 7 billion. You know, I think Bill Gates is a sociopath. I think we're all suffering because he couldn't get a girlfriend in high school. But what 
he said in 2015 at a TED lecture, you know that, yeah. that the world population should be reduced by 15% because of global warming. Then last year, the same guy said that 7 billion people need to be vaccinated. This is all on film. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Why would I take a vaccine for my health, advocated for and financed by someone who wants to reduce the world population? I would not think that that would be the best person to take that advice from. So, I agree with you completely. Right. So, yeah. so depending on what percentage you believe, Dr. Dolores Cahill is saying 90%. Yeah. Other doctors are saying 75% or 50%. I just told you, if every single human being, 7 billion people got COVID, the, and we treated people properly, the death yeah. rate would be 5 million people. Compare that to an estimate of, let's say, 10% of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. 700 million people. Yeah. And, and, and we're talking about, you know, over time, the cancers, the autoimmune disease, all the things, and, the, and the, the quality of life that is going to be on the horizon. What in your mind, when you think that through, when I think of that video with all of these rabbis saying, get your shot, do what's right, you know, and I think of all the politicians all around the world, Israel, America, you know, uh, the UK, you name it, uh, Australia. Um, I don't think, I don't believe they're all in on some desire. Maybe, maybe Bill Gates has a, a different agenda, but these people are doing what they believe the experts told them to do what will that moment be like when it sinks in on these rabbis, when it sinks on, in on these politicians that I led millions of people to their death? If that ends up, you know, and I, I pray with you that we're wrong. But when we look at the science, do you imagine what that will be like? And how about the people that trusted those spiritual leaders, those political leaders? What happens to our society? So we're segregating into two groups. I say, I really believe that we're being tested by God here. Mm -hmm. And that every individual is being asked one simple question. Who are you going to seek salvation from? Are you going to bow down to me who makes you, who loves you, who vivifies you every second, and put your trust in me? Or are you going to bow down to sociopathic oligarchs, corrupt governments, or the golden calf of this false vaccine. Because mm -hmm. if you do that, let's see how that works out for you. Thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone what's going on. You gotta publish your own tell Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No, don't tell anyone what's going on. You gotta publish your own tell You gotta publish your own tell We're exploring, like, now, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create undefeatably developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. <laughs> be, like, very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moving on. To be honest, like, it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. Meet Jordan Tristan Walker, a director of research and development strategic operations and mRNA scientific planning at Pfizer. It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know, it's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's, 
It's definitely not getting a function with Sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The direction of evolution is very different. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to do game function research of the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks to take Jesus Christ. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all. So all government officials, it's pretty good for the industry to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to come work for the company, then I got to be as hard for the company. You know, if this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health. It's profoundly corrupt. What is Pfizer doing, I guess, to optimize, you know, the vaccines now? Oh, we actually have a meeting about that today, so there's a lot. Really? They're doing, uh, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> <laughs> Our undercover journalist asked Walker how Pfizer is handling the fact that their COVID vaccines are ineffective against virus variants. What he said is disturbing. Listen to this. We're exploring, like, no, you know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create unsupply developed new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. So okay. we're like, do we want to do this? <laughs> so that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. So, like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. I mean, that's why it was, an, it was a thought that came up in a meeting, and we were like, why, why do we not? It was like, we're going to consider that. with more discussions. Okay. That exact reaction, right? We're like, wait a minute. Like, people won't like that. That's right. It appears that Pfizer is internally discussing the possibility of mutating the COVID virus themselves in order to tailor a vaccine to sell to the public. Listen to Walker describe in detail just how they would conduct such a scientific experiment. First, in living animals. So the way that we're thinking about it, don't tell anyone what's going on. You got to publish your own title. You got to publish your own title. Okay. So um, the way it would work is like we put them in the virus in these monkeys. Okay. And then we successively like cause them to keep infecting each other. And we collect serial samples from them. And then the ones that are more infectious, like the virus, we'll put them in another monkey and just constantly actively mutate it. That's one way. Okay. Or you can even do like directed like simulation, which like we tend not to prefer. And then you just sample what the different like um, like uh, proteins on the surface of the virus look like over time. Okay. So then you can see the mutation. Then you can kind of force it to mutate in a certain way you want. Okay. But you have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like you know goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. Is the way that the virus started and moved on. To be honest, like it's, it makes no sense if this virus popped out of nowhere. Like yeah, I know. COVID virus experimentation on live monkeys. This is unethical, to say the least, and Walker describes those experiments as if they are ongoing and not simply a hypothetical discussion. So, I mean, when is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out, because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like, there's... 
It's definitely not getting a function. Sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. The directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution, okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean, is that what it is? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do game function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you can make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks to say Jesus Christ. So um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm-hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but uh, it seems like from what I've heard they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. obviously don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Okay, so did that, did the whole virus mutation thing like come from your executive, Sarah? No, no, no. That came from like, we have like chief scientific officers in like the other divisions. In a subsequent meeting, our undercover journalist asked if this type of gain of function research is already being studied at Pfizer. But no, as long as it's called directed evolution, Pfizer's in the clear. What, what's the goal? For, for Pfizer of doing that. So probably what they want to do is like to try to figure out, to some extent, try to figure out like, you know, there's all these new strains of variants that just pop up. Why don't we try to like catch them before they pop up in nature and we can develop a vaccine prophylactic for like new variants. Yeah. So that's why they're thinking like if you do it control the lab, then we say, oh, this is a new epitope. And so then if it comes out later on, like in the public, we already have a vaccine kind of working on it. Oh my God. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like, just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because, like, some of the times there were just mutations that pop up, right? They were not prepared for it, like with Delta or Omicron. Right. And things like that. So, who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like it. <laughs> well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it like would be the ultimate like cash cow yeah it'd be perfect now you would think that creating viruses to sell the vaccine would be illegal but no the pharmaceutical industry as walker puts it is quote a revolving door for all government officials unquote a revolving door for all government officials wow yeah for any industry though so like in the pharma industry all the government uh, officials who like you know review our drugs especially yeah. come work for pharma companies like in the military like all the like army and defense like government officials eventually go work for the defense company afterwards how do you feel about that revolving door like it's pretty good for the industry to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America why is it bad for everybody else because if the Regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, they're not going to be as hard for the company. You know, we're doing their job. Right. We talked to Dr. Robert Malone, physician, scientist, and author, to get his take on the comments made by Jordan Walker. You're gaining function. You're creating a new function in virus one by adding elements from virus two, infecting one monkey and then another monkey. That's called serial passage. That appears to have been one of the technologies deployed in the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the humanized mouse strains that I believe were obtained from uh, EcoHealth Alliance. That's an example of directed evolution. The gentleman seems to have absolutely no moral compass at all about what he's doing. The hubris 
and arrogance and immaturity. If this is the quality of individuals within Pfizer that are making these huge decisions that uh, risk global public health with such a casual disregard for the human toll, it's profoundly corrupt in terms of would it be feasible for Pfizer to circumvent international or national law, I think that is undeniable. And the gentleman in your investigative work has clearly indicated that Pfizer believes that it has successfully captured the regulatory apparatus of the United States government and presumably worldwide. Pfizer has completed regulatory capture, is quite proud of it, With governments turning a blind eye and Pfizer hiding information from the public, this is an ongoing story. Be brave, do something, spread these videos, and stay tuned. Something irregular about their menstrual cycle, so people have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Well, that is a little concerning. It actually shouldn't be interfering with that, so we don't really... It, it shouldn't? It shouldn't. But is it? There's something happening, but we don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, you're a urologist, so you must understand, like, what's going on with it, right? Like... Well, that's why I understand that it's weird. I hope we don't find out that, like, there's somehow this mRNA, like, lingers in your body, and then, like, has... Because what it has to be impacting something hormonal stuff. They impact menstrual cycles. Yeah, or like the entire next generation is like super f***ed up. Could you imagine the scandal? Oh my god, I'd be, I'd take Pfizer off my resume. So um, tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but uh, it seems like from what I've heard, they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow, because everyone's very cautious, like, you know. Right. I was not want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing, because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutations. How would the research study be delayed for COVID stuff? Like, well, not for COVID specifically. So, like, now we're basically focusing on mRNA beyond COVID. So, okay. quite a lot of our forward-looking research studies have got to make sure they're on track and things like that. So, what is RNA going to be used for in the future? Uh, lots of stuff, but I can't tell you, because you can't really <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why not? <laughs> now, come on, I feel like, I feel like there's... You know, is it, it's just going to be like, what, for flu, right? It'll be for other things, too. There's a, there's a whole list of things we're developing it for. Really? Yeah, well, not just for viruses. We're applying it for, like, oncology. Well, I'm less certain about the oncology prospects, but we're doing it for, like, gene editing. Like, wait, yeah. Wow. The portfolios move beyond, or at least internally, our focus areas move beyond COVID. Yeah. Like, now they have, like, a dedicated COVID environment team who just keeps out on that. Right. And so the company has folks on, like, okay, now where are we going to use this technology in the future? Because that's what we invest this cover on now. Like, right. Like, no one gives a shit about COVID. <laughs> right. Like, is Pfizer going to be held liable for, like, any of these vaccine injuries that have happened? 
Uh, I don't really sell them. Because usually when you give drugs to people, there's like a known side effects. Um, it's like this, it's saying, go get like that thing label, but they're creepy. I mean, like, they're like lost people or like Vioxx and heart attacks. Really? Or, yeah. Vioxx. So that wasn't, that wasn't for us, that was another pharma company. We well, still have to do like a monitoring for it over time. So there hasn't been like any problems so far. But we'll see. Uh, like in the next couple of years, if anything comes up, if anything comes up, I'm hoping it won't. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> hope nobody's growing three legs or something like that, right? Yeah, or like the entire next generation is like super fucked up. Could you imagine the scandal? Oh my god, I'd be I take Pfizer off my resume. I'd be like, something yeah. irregular about their menstrual cycle, so people will have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Because that is a little concerning. Because like, if you think about the science, like it shouldn't be interacting with like you know that uh, it's called like the hypo, uh, hypothalamus, anterior gonadal axis. Right. Like you know the hormones are like their menstrual cycles and things like that. And it actually shouldn't be interfering with that. So we don't really. It, know it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Like that. But is it? There's something happening, but we don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, you're a urologist, so you must understand, like, what's going on with it, right? Like, well, that's why I understand that it's weird. I mean, I've, I've heard that, you know, like, mm-hmm. just mental cycles and... I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. And we don't discover something really bad in that one. I hope we don't find out that, like, there's somehow this mRNA, like, lingers in the body, and then it, like, has... Because it has to be impacting something hormonal to impact menstrual cycles. Right. So somehow, the vaccines must be interacting with, like, that axis signal, the HPG axis, to cause these changes in menstrual cycles. Like, think about how this, this, uh... The axis, HPG axis? Yeah, it goes, like, the uh, hypothalamus, pituitary, and then gonads, they send, like, signals to the Okay, yeah. so the HPG axis is why the fertility problems are happening. Yeah, because they control the cycles. So, like, if anything is impacting that, it must be impacting these hormones. Somehow, but then we need to figure out like how are they finding hormones? Because like the signaling sucks in like the brain, right? And right. the vaccine doesn't cause the blood brain barrier. I will do. I mean, I will say like if it does come down, down the line with something wrong with that thing, obviously people will like criticize like the big push. Because there's a lot of social pressure, government pressure, job pressure to get the vaccine. Like I have to get the vaccine, otherwise I would have gotten fired, right? Right. And if something were to happen downstream and it was like really bad, I think it would. I mean, the scale of that scandal would be like, oh my Hey there. Is this seat taken? Hi. Um, you work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses. Is this real life? What is happening here? Why? What is going on here? This is absurd. Why does Pfizer want to hide from the public that they're mutating the COVID virus? Oh my God. You're on video. You're on video. Mutating the COVID virus. What is going on here? I need to call the police right now. This is not- I don't know what's going on either. This is ridiculous. So you're on video. Uh, we're, 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 I'm a journalist. Bro, first of all, I'm literally a yeah. liar. He's he's on video. Whoa. You're saying we're exploring how the virus keeps um, mutating. Yes, One of the things we're exploring right is why don't we mutate the virus? I don't know what's happening. But I really need the cops here right now. So what uh, is this? please do. Please do call the police. Please do call the police. Please do. You can't You're gonna call the police. He's he's uh, gonna call the police for asking him a question. Please do call the police.
Please do. He's uh, on tape here talking about mutating the COVID virus. Can I talk to you outside about Absolutely this? Absolutely not. You're not even my likeness on this. What is your name? Because you fucked up. You really did. I'm about to sue you. This is absurd. Please. You had someone mock me as if they're going on a date to record me. You don't even know my position at this. What I was it? trying to impress position? a person on a date What's your by position? lying. I was literally trying. Okay. I'm not even a scientist by background. You know what that I came from a consulting firm right. that does business. Uh, this please, is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. This is absurd. Please so. Please do call the cops. Please do. Please, Why would you call the cops if you have nothing to hide? <laughs> so he's obviously having one of the most outrageous reactions I've ever seen uh, in the history of Project Veritas. He's threatening to call the police. Okay. He grabbed the microphone. The question is, why is he calling the police? Guys, can you disrespect my father's what? Can I get a check for the bill? Wait, no, do not give me a check. No, don't let them leave. Because I want the cops to know this. Do you want to put me in jail for asking you a question? Yes, sir. What is the intention of calling the police? They have, like, no one's injured right now. We have several witnesses. Can I talk to you, please, about this video? Okay, so there's one, two, three, four, five white Why would you bring race into this? Please bring the cops. As soon as possible, I'm very unsafe. We have you on tape talking about mutating the COVID virus. No one mutates a COVID virus. Show you the May I show you the video? No, I want to call this one piece of Do we have to leave? Yes. Okay. Sorry, No, you cannot just leave. Are you? Do you want me to? I want the police to come here and see all of you people. Because this is insane. Can I ask you about this video? Please. You can tell them about how he's lying to oppress the Here, just, just. Is it true what you said? What is this? No. I literally was on a birthday with a guy, and like normal men, you lie to impress a date. Mutating he, viruses? Do you do you do you not work for Pfizer? This guy. I thought he was a date. Sir, do you not work for Pfizer? Do you no, work for? Pfizer's a contractor. What the fuck are you? Do you currently about? work for Pfizer? Yes what or no? Are do you currently this work for Pfizer? Yes no, or no? What are you talking about here? Please, I want the cops to be here. So you you don't work for Pfizer? Can you, you can't do this. He doesn't want me to leave, ma'am. I I He wants the cops here. But he doesn't want me to leave. So I'm in a little bit of a predicament because she's asking me to leave, but he doesn't want me to leave. So what should we do? Okay, so these people have just I was on a Hi, date. You're on a video and here. These people literally went Look, out of Pfizer is this mutating is the virus. This is absurd. Look at this no, video. No, I literally said that. Is, what are you talking about? Nicole? Well, this is not. By the way, Why don't are you doing don't this? tell anybody. To someone who is just working at a company to literally yeah. help the public. Why do you want to hide it from the public? Why do you want to hide it from the public? If you suspect that, that mutating COVID virus, is this the way the virus started in Wuhan? Why do you think it's okay for Pfizer to do that? She, he's filming the restaurant owner right now. He's filming her. I don't know why he's filming her. Would, would you like me to leave? Because he won't. He's asking me not to leave, and he's consenting to my presence. Ma'am, are we allowed to just stay and ask a few questions? 
It's pretty remarkable that they call the police on us every time we show up and ask questions. Every time. You say Pfizer is planning on doing research in the future, then claim that there's an ongoing research about that and that there better not be any more outbreaks. Which is it? Are these experiments happening or not? Calling the police. We can do it right off front. Okay. No, do not <laughs> What's that? They locked us in. Wow, look at that. Yeah. You do you want us to leave or not? Ma'am, you locked the door. Ma'am? Ma'am, we're trying to leave, but you locked us in here. Call our attorney. Can you please unlock your door? Let us out. No, I don't know what's going on. I don't want you to leave it before I know what's going on. What are you trying to do? Can you please unlock your door? No, you, no, don't let them leave. Can you unlock the door? I still like me. No, don't let them out. Don't let them out. Could you please let us leave, ma'am? I don't know what's happening. We'd like to leave. We'd like to leave. Please unlock the door. No, Please, please, un please unlock the door. Give him light. Don't give us our stuff. Please unlock. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. 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 This is this is remarkable here. Thank you. Thank you. We're trying to get unlock the door. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. It is not. Stop. Let go of me. Now you're hurting me. What is going on here? You cannot just record people like that. Come on. It's not okay. Come on. It's not okay. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. We're we're in New York City. This is remarkable. What you just witnessed here. Uh, in the restaurant. Come on, guys. Where's the Where's the car? Where's the vehicle? Come on. This is insane. You just witnessed one of the most remarkable interactions ever. Do we have the iPad? So we're getting into the vehicle now. Where's our car? Charging the guy, charging, charging, charging. You can't make an arrest at this point if you don't have the, the victim right here. Okay. If he was here, you'd arrest that guy? If he was here, yes. Oh, then we could just walk away then. Not worry about it. If, as, if that's what you guys want to do, then yes. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. How powerful exactly are the big pharmaceutical companies in this country? Well, that's a big question. There are a lot of ways to measure it. But here are a few ways you can measure it. In this country, Big Pharma can advertise its drugs directly to consumers. And that's a little strange if you think about it, since consumers don't prescribe drugs, doctors do. So why are the drugs being advertised directly to consumers? That's allowed in only one other country on the planet, but it's allowed here. So it may not surprise you that in this country, drug companies spend more on lobbying the Congress than any other industry, a lot more than any other industry. And they don't do it by accident. They do it because it pays off in a deal like this, a pretty remarkable deal that drug companies have worked out with politicians. So the government uses your tax dollars to buy billions worth of their products and then in some cases forces you to use those products. 
Sometimes those products work, sometimes they don't work. In some cases, those products can injure you. But no matter what happens, there's nothing you can do about it because politicians have given these companies complete immunity. If their products hurt or kill you, you can't sue them. You're not even really allowed to complain about it. That's an incredible deal. Imagine if your company had struck a deal like that with the Congress. You'd probably be a lot richer than you are. So that's power. But it pales in comparison to what we're seeing right now. If you really want to understand how powerful Big Pharma is, consider the news that did not break today. The pro-transparency news organization, Project Veritas, just released an undercover video of a Pfizer executive bragging on camera about how his company conducts a kind of Frankenstein science, manipulating COVID viruses for profit, imperiling potentially the entire world, doing it in secret, possibly in violation of federal law, bragging about this. So no matter what your politics are, doesn't matter who you voted for, that's a huge story. And you would think every reporter in this country would be itching to follow up on it, calling Pfizer, telling the public about it. But no, that's not happening. In the 24 hours since Project Veritas posted this footage, it has been viewed more than 12 million times on Twitter. So the public is very interested. Why wouldn't they be? But the media are not. No other media outlet has covered the story at all. We checked. MSNBC and CNN, which perhaps not coincidentally take huge amounts of advertising dollars from Pfizer, those two channels have devoted a total of zero seconds to the story. We'll just go online and find out about it. Well, Google, the biggest search engine in the world, which has a monopoly on search in this country, appears to have gone out of its way to make it much more difficult for users to learn anything about the Pfizer executive pictured in the footage. And so there is, in other words, on television and in most places online, a near total media blackout of this story. How powerful is Big Pharma? That powerful. But we have the footage and we're gonna show some of it to you tonight because we think we should. Now, that footage shows a Pfizer executive called Jordan Tristan Walker. He is, according to the documents Project Veritas posted, Pfizer's, quote, Director of Research and Development for Strategic Operations and mRNA Scientific Planning. That's a big job. Walker is very highly educated, and as we said, he's a high-ranking executive advisor. In fact, he's just two reports removed from the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Borla. His name is Jordan Walker once again. Here he is. You know how the virus keeps mutating? Yeah. Well, one of the things we're exploring is, like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, that's a risk of, like, as you could imagine, no one wants to be having a pharma company mutating fucking viruses. Yeah. Okay. So we're like, do we want to do this? So that's, like, one of the things we're considering. Okay. Like, the future, like, maybe we can, like, create new versions of the vaccines and things like that. Okay, so Pfizer ultimately is thinking about mutating COVID? Well, that is not what we say to the public. No. (laughs) Pfizer's thinking about mutating COVID? We're not going to say it to the public. We're quoting. One of the things we're exploring is, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can preemptively develop new vaccines? Now, what does that sound like? Does that sound familiar? Well, it sounds a lot like the gain-of-function research you read about, the research that was occurring at the Wuhan lab just before COVID broke out of the lab and overturned the world and wrecked the U.S. economy. That was the research that Tony Fauci lied about under oath. 
As The Intercept has reported, quote, scientists working under a 2014 NIH grant to the EcoHealth Alliance to study bat coronaviruses combined the genetic material from a parent coronavirus known as WIV1 with other viruses. Seven virologists told The Intercept that the research, quote, appears to meet NIH's criteria for gain-of-function research. In other words, it's exactly what it sounds like it is. So that also sounds like what Jordan Walker just described. So is Pfizer working on that right now? Well, in the clip you just saw, the Pfizer executive is careful to say it's not happening right now, but it is something that Pfizer is secretly considering without telling the public. But in another undercover video, also shot by Project Veritas, Walker suggests that research to mutate viruses is ongoing. They just don't dare call it gain of function. Watch. When is Pfizer going to implement the mutation of all these viruses? I don't know. It depends on how the experiments work out. Because this is just like something we're trying, right? It sounds like gain of function to me. I don't know. It's a little bit different. I think it's different. It's like this. It's definitely not gain of function. It sounds like it is. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, directed evolution is very different. <laughs> Direct evolution? Directed evolution. Directed evolution. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I mean... Is that what it is? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> well, you're not supposed to do gain-function research with the viruses. Like, yeah. They recommend not. But you do, like, these, like, selected directional mutations to try to see if you make more potent. Yeah. So there, there is research I'm going about that. I don't know how that's going to work. There might not be any more outbreaks. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not gain-of-function. Oh, no. It's directed evolution. So if you're wondering how Tony Fauci was allowed to lie under oath and get away with it. The FBI did not raid his house. He was never handcuffed. Maybe it's because he used a different term for the same thing. At Pfizer, apparently, they're just calling it directed evolution. Problem solved. And again, we want to remind you what we just heard, and we're quoting the Pfizer executive. You're not supposed to do gain-of-function research with the viruses. We'd rather not, but we do these selected structure mutations to make them more potent. There is research ongoing about that. Oh, wow. To make the virus more potent? You don't think COVID is potent enough? Killed millions of people. Well, Walker went on to say that Pfizer is trying to keep this research hidden from the rest of us. Watch. Um, Tell me more, like, what's developing with the whole, you know, virus mutation process? Mm -hmm. Well, they're still kind of conducting the experiments on it, but... Uh, it seems like from what I've heard, they're kind of optimizing it, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. Like, you know, right. they obviously don't want to kind of accelerate it too much. Yeah. Um, but I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing because you obviously don't want to advertise that you're trying to figure out future mutation. Yeah, you don't. they're still kind of conducting experiments on it. You just don't want to advertise that you're figuring out future mutations. Figuring out future mutations. Sounds like they're causing future mutations. Now, it's obvious why this man seems a little uncomfortable at what the company he works for is doing because the plan he describes, and we can't verify it's happening, we can only show you what its executive said, that plan could very easily cause a new pandemic and kill millions of people. And by the way, that's why gain-of-function research was banned until 2017 when Tony Fauci helped restart it. And the result was, of course, COVID. So if that happened again and anyone could trace it to Pfizer, that would destroy the company, if not the world. So Walker, in this tape, made it very clear that Pfizer is worried about a repeat of the COVID lab leak. Wait a second. We're all agreeing there was a COVID lab leak? Yeah, Pfizer's never said that in public, that the COVID 
strain started in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China where this kind of research was occurring, but apparently everyone just knows that's true. Watch. You have to be like very controlled to make sure that this virus that you mutate doesn't create something that, like, you know, it goes everywhere. Something Which crazy. But is the way that the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest, like it's, it makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I know. So we just went through this three years ago this month, and there was a global pandemic as a result that, again, killed millions of people and destroyed entire countries. It really hurt ours. So why would you even think about doing something like that on purpose once again? Why would you conduct this kind of research when everybody knows the consequences? Well, again, we can't say for sure. We can only tell you what Jordan Walker said. And of course, the point is to make money. Isn't that the, like the best business model though? Like just control nature before nature even happens itself, right? Yeah, yeah. If it works. <laughs> what do you mean if it works? Because like some of the times like, we just mutations that pop up, right? And we're not prepared for it. Like with Delta or Omicron right. and things like that. So who knows? I mean, either way, it's going to be a cash cow. COVID will probably be a cash cow for us for a while going forward. Like, yeah. I obviously like <laughs> Well, I think the whole, you know, I think the whole, like, research of the viruses and mutating it, like, would be the ultimate, like, cash cow. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Now, a couple things to notice about that exchange. One, Walker's thought this through. This is not just off the top of his head. He's not stupid. And he's clearly thought through the potential consequences of this research. But he also is honest enough to admit that it could be a cash cow. And then he says, and he laughs as he says it, COVID's been a cash cow for us. So imagine two pharma executives meeting in a bar and one is saying, how can we get kids to smoke more cigarettes? Because, you know, cancer is a cash cow for us. People would recoil in horror. And by the way, regulators would be on this. Where are the regulators? You can't just come up with a drug, claim it works, get the government to enforce people's requirement to take it. You have to go through regulators. Where are they? Why aren't they regulating a company like Pfizer? Could it be that regulatory capture is real? We don't have to guess anymore because Jordan Walker explains it for us. Watch this. Okay. I've been revolving door for all government officials. Wow. Yeah, for any industry, though. So, like, in the pharma industry, all the government uh, officials who, like, you know, review our drugs, especially yeah. come work for pharma companies. Like, in the military, like, all the, like, army and defense, like, government officials eventually go work for the defense companies afterwards. Yeah. How do you feel about that revolving door? Like, it's pretty good for the industry, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's bad for everyone else in America. Why is it bad for everybody else? Because if the regulators who have to approve our drugs know that once they stop being regulated, they want to go work for the company, then I got to be as hard for the company. You know, we're as well. Right. You work for Pfizer. My question for you is, why does Pfizer want to hide from the public the fact that they're mutating the COVID viruses. Is this real life? I'm literally a yeah. liar. What I was trying to impress doing? a person on a date What's by lying. Please, this is please, absurd. Please don't touch me. Well, this is not, by the way, why don't, are you doing don't this? tell anybody. Who's just working at a company to literally help the public. So that was the end of it. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas shows up and informs Walker he's been recorded and he's clearly upset. And of course, you can understand why he's shocked. He didn't know anyone was filming. Someone was. But what's so interesting is he his first excuse is I was lying. When in fact, he has explained in a very sophisticated and very believable way how Washington works. 
We just promise to hire the regulators and then they don't really regulate us. What you see happening in the defense industry with generals from the Pentagon happens in pharma too. The regulators hope to get rich working here. And that's true. And no executive at a pharma company has ever been filmed saying that on camera before. That's not a lie. That's the truest thing ever spoken in Washington, D.C. And then the situation begins to degrade. So Walker, who is supposed to be a highly credentialed man of science, a clear thinking scientist, completely loses control of himself. He becomes hysterical and violent. At one point, he calls the police to complain there are too many white people in his presence and he feels unsafe. And then, of course, he becomes violent again. Stop hitting me, he says, as he punches you in the face. Of course, it's a remarkable scene. Here's part of it. You want to put me in jail for asking you a question? Yes, sir. What is the intention of calling the police? They have, like, no intention right now. Can I talk to you, please, about this video? Why would you bring race into this? Please bring the cops as soon as possible. Please, please, unlock the door. Why do you feel like I'm here? Please unlock. Please unlock the door. Please unlock the door. 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 This is this is remarkable here. Thank you. Thank you. You're trying to get unlock the door. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. Unlock the door. Wow. Well, that didn't go well. That man doesn't seem like much of a scientist. On one hand, you can kind of feel for him. On the other hand, what was that? But more than anything, you've got questions. What was that? This guy's a pretty high-level Pfizer executive confirming a lot of things you already suspected and telling you things you had no idea were going on. So, of course, you'd want to know, what? Was that real? And what does Pfizer have to say about it? Well, no one else is calling Pfizer, so we did. We call them repeatedly today. And we ask very basic questions. Does this guy, does Walker still work for you? And if not, when did he leave the company? And more than anything, are you actually conducting experiments or considering conducting experiments to mutate new and more dangerous coronaviruses because it would be a cash cow? And if you are doing that or thinking about doing it, have you received any U.S. government funding? Are taxpayers paying for this? And by the way, do you agree with this executive that COVID came from a lab? We didn't have complex questions, very simple ones. We called and emailed Pfizer all day. But despite their famously well-funded PR department, all the lobbying money they spend, they did not get back to us. They refused to answer.